I know. I find myself saying in the shower to myself. I'll be I'll be like rinsing my hair and I'll be saying to myself, "Hey, you! You're listening to Sloancast, your one-stop shop deep dive where we discuss anything and everything about the greatest band of all time: Andrew Scott, Jay Ferguson, Chris Murphy, and Patrick Pentland, collectively known as Sloan. We are your fellow superfan hosts. I'm Rob. This is Ken. Ken, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. It just came to me, Rob. So Sloan are coming up on the end of their 30th anniversary this year. We're mm. coming up on 30 episodes of Sloancast. That's uh, right. And you know, I don't see any any signs of slowing down in the near future. We have great guests on the program today, uh, and I'm really happy to have fellow super fans of Sloan on the cast to discuss their super fandom today. So I'm not sure, Rob, do you want to handle the intros? Yeah, let me tell you a little story, man. I, I can't remember if it was a few months ago. This would have been probably, I want to say, end of the summer. It would have been when the album came out, so beginning of September, Jay Ferguson, who everybody knows uh, from Sloan, obviously had, he, he once in a while, he'll post stuff about a band or he'll recommend something. And, and let me tell you, when the Sloan guys recommend something, uh, whether I'm looking at a picture of Andrew's garage and I see a record in the background, or if Patrick shares something, or if Chris does, or if Jay does, especially with his DJ sets, um, he mentioned this album from the band who are our guests today. And I was just like, I got to check this out. Whatever Jay says, I'm, I'm into it. And uh, I've gotten into Orange Juice because of Jay. I've gotten deeper into Prince because of Jay. He never steers me uh, astray um so anyway the band is heron and crane and the album is called streams it came out at the beginning of uh, september 2021 this year and i love it it's like a, a wild combination of for me it sort of feels like if william tyler joined air um <laughs> Anyway, so like, you know, really thoughtful guitar over sort of minimalist dream pop uh, music. So if that's your jam, uh, you got to check them out. They're on streaming and either, you know, the records are available on their Instagram. So definitely check them out. But I just want to invite and welcome to the show Dave Gibson and Travis Kokas from Heron and Crane. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Doing Thanks, great. Rob. Thanks for having us. I hey, can. this is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's so great to be here. And I was going to say earlier, uh, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, Jay's the one person who hasn't been a guest yet on Sloancast, but mm. now maybe may, now maybe that his favorite band is, is <laughs> on the show, he'll be inspired to... I'm, of course, just teasing. A squeeze, <laughs> is ob- squeeze is obviously his favorite band. Um, but, uh, you know, you guys got to get them in. But, um, well, but that's yeah, the next no, episode. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. But no, we're so we're both so stoked to be here and to uh, to, um, you know, prattle on. I'm going to drop a lot of murder records uh, hey. references into my to prattle on with you guys about, <laughs> about Sloan. Nice reference. Where are you guys joining us from today for for the listeners who might not be aware? Um, this me, I'm Travis, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, and Dave is in Charlottesville. And I was going to say, it's nice to see Dave in his little music space because yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't been out there because of the pandemic in a while. So right. I, I, I've, I, I've missed Dave and his family and his, his dog, especially. So, so, <laughs> yeah, so, now, so, so now I kind of feel like I, I'm, I'm there conversing with Dave in person. We're both posed in front of our, our record collections, our respective right. record collections. For this, <laughs> and they're podcast. impressive. Let me tell you, listener, they are very <laughs> impressive. Well, this is great. I mean, it's so fun to talk to not only other musicians and people who are sort of in the Sloan universe, but also people who are super fans. And we've had a few on the show so far. Uh, and it's always an interesting story, you know, where somebody, you know, 
comes in contact with the band and what they were doing and where they were in their lives. So maybe you guys could give us a bit of context. We, I obviously want to talk about the band and stuff too, how that started and whatnot, because uh, you guys both seem pretty musically involved outside of that combination. But um, what do you want to talk about first? Should we talk about Heron and Crane or should we talk about our sort of, you know, your Sloan story? Um, Sloan story, I think, would be a hey, good maybe way appropriate. To kick it off. Sure, and sure. I, yeah. So and I think, either of you. Yeah. I think I should start because I feel like Travis's is like uh, more vast than mine. Mine has like a lot of uh, peaks and valleys. So like <laughs> Travis, Travis, you're like consistent and I'm sort of like, you know, like or I was fair weather kind of more at the beginning. So I, I will I will start. I guess this is Dave. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I um, you know, growing up as, you know, a child of, you know, kind of 60s. Uh, you know, hippie parents, obviously Beatles were floating around and all that kind of thing. So that's sort of what I was raised on. And, you know, that carried over into, you know, teenagerhood. And then like a lot of other guests of, of you know, uh, my generation that I've heard on um, Sloancast, you know, uh, I was sort of, you know, late 90s or late 80s, kind of like, you know, hip hop into that kind of thing or just sort of like general pop and stuff. And then along came Nirvana, <laughs> which is, you know, what I, I feel like I've heard so many people, including Greg uh, McDonald, talk about um, and sort of changed everything for me uh, as it did for so many other people. And um, so, yeah, as a teenager, I was a, a very regular viewer of the MTV uh, show 120 Minutes, as I think a lot of uh, my buds were at the time. And so I remember, and Travis, you may remember this, because I think this may also have been your your introduction to Sloan as well. But I think it was the episode of 120 Minutes that was like guest hosted by Soul Asylum, as I recall. <laughs> it, it, it was, yeah. That, yeah. At least that's the first time I ever saw them. Me like, too. I had, me I had too. taped that episode. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I would tape them because they were on, it was on late Sunday night, like 12 to, to 2. Mm-hmm. So I would like set my VCR to record and then wa- go back and watch like at Monday after school, I'd come home and watch last night's episode of 120 Minutes. So I'm watching and, you know, it's, it's like the usual kind of stuff. And uh, then this video comes on for Underwhelmed. And, uh, you know, obviously I was kind of like, like I said, I was sort of into the Nirvana stuff. I was into sort of shoegazy stuff. I was still really into the Beatles, Power Pop, that kind of thing. And uh, it just like had everything that I love, like mashed up into like Mm -hmm. one song. So like totally blew me away. And uh, I remember like going out to the mall uh, to probably Sam Goody or something. And and grabbing smeared and just being so stoked. I think it was still, I think it maybe was still in a long box even then the CD hmm. that and I and I used to like kind of just put those up on my walls like uh, wall art. So I think I had the smeared long box up on my wall. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, just so like stoked about it. And then you know, um, so that was kind of like you know I was really really into smeared. So it was cool to kind of you know I mean the thing that is is interesting to me about like both Travis and I is that we sort of like that was our, we both got into it sort of like pretty early on. So, you know, we were like, I was, I guess, 16 in 1993 uh, or maybe 15, maybe when um, Smear came out, but anyway, perfect age for that record. Uh, (laughs) And so, you know, and then um, I remember like just kind of, happening upon twice removed in a record store when it came out because 
there just wasn't the same amount of press and there wasn't, sure. as we all know. Um, so I just kind of saw it and I was like, oh, there's a new Sloan record out. <laughs> like I, cause I mean, you know, at that time, obviously there was no internet. There wasn't like, you know, just so you had to like happen upon a thing, you know, unless you just, you know, that was just sort of how, unless it, there was a video on MTV, which there wasn't for right. Twice Removed, you had to just kind of know that it was out. So I remember I saw it. I didn't buy it right away because I was just kind of like, Oh, interesting. I'll have to pick that up sometime because mm-hmm. I just wasn't, I wasn't quite as devoted as I eventually would become. Um, but then I remember I went and got it um, at this record store called Use Kids in Columbus, Ohio, where I was living at the time. Um, that's still an institution, Ohio State campus institution. Mm. And I bought it and I bought that the, that same day I bought the soundtrack to, to the movie Fresh which is kind of like a lot of early hip-hop and stuff. So, again, like this parallel. There, like, there seems to be this weird parallel between, like, hip-hop kids to Sloan, which, I mean, I don't know where that comes from, but it was kind of the case. It's a generational thing. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. So, and I remember, like, so I bought it, and I still really hadn't heard anything from it. But later that same day, I went to a different record store, because that was basically, like, all I did as a teenager. And it was this place called Media Play. It was more of like a like a big box kind of Best Buy esque mm. place, but they had and again this is pre internet, so you had to like do what you had to do to like hear the music before you actually like listen to the record. They had these like listening station things where mm. you basically could grab a CD, scan the barcode on the CD, and then like get clips of <laughs> like little clips of each song. Nice. So I, awesome. I you know I grabbed Twice Removed. Not the one I bought, but like one that was in the store, and obviously, and I, I scanned it because I was like, "Well, I don't even really know what this record sounds like." And I heard like you know, a couple seconds of Pen Pals, a couple seconds of I Hate My Generation, and I was like, "Well, this is obviously going to be a masterpiece <laughs> before I'd even actually like heard the entire record." And then, um, yeah, that record. I mean, I just love it so much. Uh, and then, um, you know, again, listen to that all the time. Was really into it, but I mean. And of course, this is, it's kind of funny to think now that like back then, two to three years seemed like an eternity, <laughs> whereas now, obviously, it's like, you know, we've, we've been going through the pandemic for two years and it seems mm. like it basically just started. But like, so, you know, I was listening to this one, but then, of course, like all these other things were starting, you know, I was starting to listen to a bunch of other bands. And once again, they sort of fell off the radar for me a little bit. And I didn't even really know that they'd broken up or anything. Like, right. I just kind of, you know, like I just didn't know what they were up to because again early days of the internet uh or really like barely any internet at all um so i kind of just like forgot about them again after twice removed came out didn't even know one chord had come out you know Mm. like that whole time um but what kind of got me back into them again and this kind of leads into meeting travis really is that um uh late one night i was watching the usa network <laughs> and they had a video a video program on there and i i think i like maybe fell asleep watching usa or something because i remember waking up and there was this music video on and this song that just like completely blew me away i was like and i wasn't even sure if i was like dreaming it if i was awake but it was uh zimpano's uh behind the beehive right video and i was like holy shit, I don't know who this band is. but Because like, at this point, I was kind of like into the Beach Boys. I was getting more into kind of like 60s, like early Bee Gees and stuff like that. Nice. And so I was like, these guys rule. And so <laughs> once again, ran out to use kids like the next day, found going through changes 
and bought it and brought it back home. And, you know, reading the liner notes, like you do, like, as like, you know, I do. And like, I think a lot of other music nerds do and sure. saw that, um, Chris and Jay from, you know, my former favorite band, you know, Sloan, or, you know, like one of my many favorite bands, Sloan were thanked, uh, in the thank yous of going through changes. I was like, oh, hey, I haven't thought about those guys in a while. I wonder what mm-hmm. they're up to. And then I sort of, so through Zimpano, I started to sort of like rediscover like the Canadian indie rock, you know, like not like kind of like the Murder Records bands too, like, you know, or like Super Friends, Thrush Hermit, that kind of stuff. Still, was it still somehow I was unaware that Sloan had made a new record and everything while I'm also exploring all these other bands. So I bought, I got um, Sweet Home Wrecker by Thrush Hermit and Mock Up Scale Down. Again, probably also at Used Kids, mm-hmm. probably at a bargain. You know, I think they were probably used, used copies of the CDs. Um, and then, uh, and then Thrush Hermit came to town. And this is where I'll stop. <laughs> and then Travis, you can pick up and then we'll, we'll talk about where we intersect. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go back. Um, I, I won't start up at that exact moment um, with, with Thrush Hermit, but uh, um but yeah, I, I got into Sloan at the same time uh, as Dave. Like, like I also had recorded 120 minutes. I used to record it and watch it on Mondays after awesome. school. And I saw that episode with um, Soul Asylum hosting. And you know, the um, in er, prior to that, like I was kind of getting into you know that sort of alternative music or whatever, and and uh, college music. And uh, I had started watching 120 minutes, maybe like a little bit earlier than that. Cause I was, my tastes were starting to change a little bit. Like I grew up on my parents' record collection, which is mostly like a lot of sixties pop garage bands. And, and, um, mm-hmm. uh, my mom had a lot of seventies, like BGs and, um, nice. like Carol King, that kind of stuff, Joni mm-hmm. Mitchell. So I grew up with a lot of that. And then I was, you know, grew up with MTV. So I was really into a lot of the, um, new wave videos. There's quite a few new wave videos during the early years and some of like the new romantic stuff. Um, that I was, I gravitated towards that, but, um, but yeah, late eighties into the early nineties, I was starting to, um, starting to discover some of the shoegaze stuff, like, um, mm-hmm. particularly ride in my bloody Valentine or like, mm-hmm. like and, uh, lush are my favorites. Um, I got into swerve driver a little bit later, pretty hardcore mm-hmm. and still am to this awesome. day. And, um, um, but then there, uh, I was starting to notice bands that were getting like a little bit more poppy, um, so like a good example would be Teenage Fan Club. Right, um, right. I had heard, um, I had seen the video on MTV of um, the concept, which I think predated Smeared uh, just, a, just a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it must have been, I think, probably 92. I think I saw the video of that. And so I was like, something just really resonated with them. I think it was like the, they still had like the loud guitars, but there was like the melody and um, that, I, that I really liked. And so... Mm. And I think like the, around the time the posies were kind of like in the same kind of boat, you know, I, I was kind of getting into bands like that a little bit. Um, so, yeah. So I, when I saw the video for underwhelmed, I was just like instantly hooked. I was like, I was like, this, this is it. This is the music that I want to hear more of. And, and I also will credit that record with being like the record that made me go from just like being someone who wanted to be in a band and wanted to learn how to play instruments to actually picking up an instrument and figuring out how to play and actually saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to form a band with someone at some point who wants nice. to do something just like that. So, um, um, which eventually would happen, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, yeah. so I, it was just a very exciting time. And so like, 
I end up having, I remember going to the local record store. I grew up in a small town in Kentucky, so I didn't have a lot of musical options. And so I remember going to like the local mall and I could not find Smear there and I was very bummed out. So I think I, <laughs> I ended up getting my copy from Columbia House. I remember was, okay. it, showed, it showed up in their catalog. And so uh, and, you know, I, yeah. I got it and I just played it so much. I eventually wore out my first copy on CD. Um, <laughs> and so then at that point, I just became hooked and just tried to acquire every Sloan thing I could possibly get my hands on. And uh, mm. like, I remember, I think it was like in 94 in the summer, I was up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, visiting um, my relatives up there. And they had a lot of good college record stores there. And I remember um, at this one store, I think it was used kids records or no, no school kids records. It was similar mm. to used kids, but uh, yeah. <laughs> they had this big box of a uh, UK singles that they had just gotten in from import. So I was just mm. kind of, meticulously going through these boxes and i came across the <laughs> i am the cancer single right and oh i just like God. freaked out because i had no idea that this was ever released as a single i in fact i, I think other than underwhelmed that was the only thing i knew that they had released as a single so so yeah i remember i just like bought that immediately and another thing i remember doing is at the local mall they had those the malls used to have those the, the mall record stores used to have those big giant catalogs at the mm. front of the store where you could like you know order pretty much every cd that's ever been manufactured mm-hmm. and i had and I, I think i learned on that soul asylum uh 120 minutes episode that they had put out an ep and so i was desperately trying to figure out what this ep was and so in the, at the and so in that big mall book there was that peppermint ep was listed on there so i remember mm-hmm. like asking them to order it for me and I, of course that guy behind the counter looked really pissed about it because he's gonna have to do some kind of paperwork or whatever but uh <laughs> but, but they and i didn't think they'd ever gonna they would ever get it in but they eventually did like months and months later and so like i remember getting that call like hey your sloan cd is in and and like <laughs> like like being so stoked you know i just he, he was upset he, he was upset because he had to pay that he had to pay that canadian import tax yeah but. there you go <laughs> um, but it, but in the meantime i was starting to also like read um like cmj and alternative press like any kind of since there's no internet at the time any kind of magazine that i could get my hands on i would just you know Look, read all the reviews and 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 then if i ever had the opportunity to like check a band out if i would see their cd somewhere you know i would usually try to like take a chance on it and that's how i got into eric's trip and mm. and jail because i had learned about their association with sloan and um and saw that they were on sub pop and so like i remember ordering um it was the nevermind the mollusk ep mm. and i think it was love terra and I think Dreamcake hadn't quite come out yet. I think it was like available for pre-order or something. But I remember um, my mom making me like a uh, money order so I could send it to Sub Pop and uh, and get those <laughs> records in. And so of course, like, like that that changed me. Um, and going into like '94, um, how I found out about Twice Removed, it was actually kind of kind of funny. Uh, a classmate of mine had moved to Louisville, Kentucky, um, earlier that year, and he called me one day saying that he was in this record store in Louisville and there was this new Sloan CD and he, and uh, he was just kind of describing it. And he's like, yeah, it's like the four faces on the cover of it. And he goes, I can't remember what the name of it is, but he thought it actually predated smeared. And I was mm-hmm. just like, no, I, I, that's not possible. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, and so I was just like, again, dying to know what this was. And I had to, I had to have it. And <laughs> I would say maybe like a couple of weeks later, he called me cause he was in back in town and he was, called me from that 
the local mall that had the one record store in town and said like, they have a copy of that Sloan CD here. And so I remember I didn't even, I didn't have a license at the time. So I made my mother get in the car and drive me there. And that's awesome. And picked it up same day. Wow. And, but my, my CD player at the time at home was broken. And so I remember my mom taking me to my uncle's house. So I could listen to it on his stereo. <laughs> and, and I just remember how pissed off he seemed because he was like, what is this shit? <laughs> you know, he's, Cause I, I feel like he, at the time he was listening to a lot of Aerosmith or something, but, uh, right. um, Got a grip. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like, like modern, like modern era, uh, Aerosmith at that time. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, so he wasn't too pleased with it, but I was like, whatever I did. I mostly just wanted to like dub a copy onto cassette so I could listen to it until I got a new CD player. But, mm. So yes, yeah, so I got into Twice nice. Removed and, and and loved it, and uh, and then like I was still kind of getting into the bands that were associated with Sloan, like a lot of the Canadian artists. And there was a compilation called Trim Crust If Desired, which was on mm-hmm. Cinnamon Toast Records. Sure. Yeah. And there was a copy of it in like one of the um, Sub Pop mail order catalogs, and so really? I was like, I was like, okay. oh, that's cool. I was like a it includes the Eric's trip and, and jail and hardship post, but all these other Canadian bands. And, uh, so I ordered that and, um, and just like really dug everything I heard on it, especially the thrush hermit song pink is the color. I, I really, mm-hmm. really liked it. And so at that point I was like, well, I got to like basically try to get my hands on any of this stuff that I could. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, um, I came across murder records, like the, like an address of the, uh, for them, like maybe in a, alternative press or something they used to give like the addresses of the record yeah. stores like at, uh, like along with the reviews and so i think i just like wrote like can you please send me a catalog of your stuff i want to order your records here's a self-addressed <laughs> stamped envelope and, uh, and, and and i got a, a a little catalog from them and i basically ordered everything on that, that i could possibly get my hands on mm. that, that they that they had available and so i got like you know the smart bomb the great pacific ocean nice. Um, I got walk up scale down and uh, the hardship post EP. Um, um, basically, yeah, I got I got all that early stuff that um, it, that wasn't already sold out. And uh, awesome. And what was really cool, the funny thing about the Super Friends was like I just bought it, you know, blind. And I was like, I hope this is good, but, it, but I, I trust Sloan. And uh, <laughs> but when I but when I when they heard it when the song Karate Man came out, I got really excited because I had actually heard Karate Man on the radio, like the like earlier that year when i had been in michigan mm-hmm. there's a station mm-hmm. called 89x out of i think it was like detroit windsor and they played a ton of canadian artists and yeah. um and they played karate man like several times while i was there That's for like ridiculous. the course of, of a week and so <laughs> I, and awesome. I always wanted to know who that band was you know i was like i was like oh i really like that song i wish i knew who it was and then there it was on the cd and, <laughs> well, that's, and that's it fantastic. just it just it just made my day so anyway so yeah uh and and the same thing happened with one chord to another i heard the good in everyone got played on this show that played nothing but canadian artists on 89x i think it came on like sunday nights mm-hmm. and they said this is the new song off the next sloan album that's coming out and so i was just like oh my god so i knew that there was something coming out and so i uh again i wrote i wrote to the murder records through their little p.o box just said like you know i, I want this new album can you send me a catalog and so they did and i ordered one chord and I think i got it maybe like august of 96 so not long after it had come out in canada so yeah mm-hmm. so yeah and so then you know so i was already into into a lot of that murder records and east coast stuff um going into 96 when that's when fall of 96 was when i moved to uh, columbus ohio to to go to school mm-hmm. and then i met dave the following spring um through 
a thrush hermit show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we base, basically, and now now we can kind of just like I guess both contribute to this. To now that we are, have now joined forces, the origin. So we. <laughs> so yeah, we were both students at Ohio State, and both, um, you know, musicians. Um, by the way, Travis, I you reminded me that I so I was already a bass player when uh when i got smeared and i would also just stand in my bedroom and like play along too and i remember like like when i mastered the kind of like bass break in like the middle of uh 500 up like i was like so like stoked like i was like yes i can't believe i finally got that bass part down um but uh yeah so yeah so that was the thing like you know travis and i are both musicians at this point but kind of like not really in bands or anything mm. yet like or like a real band um but yeah so we i think okay so the reason that we really met travis is because like my now wife renee and our friend joe were in an english class together and you were friends with joe travis as you will recall oh yeah <laughs> and, actually I, I will i will say this i actually met joe through like an early sloan message board it was on one of the early sloan sites because as soon as i got to college and had the internet for the first time mm. i was just like trying to find any sloan like Mm. message boards or fan sites and i was just absorbing anything that i could find you know because i was like i was learning all this stuff for the first time and i think i just i had just kind of posted a message saying you know like hey i'm in columbus ohio i'm a big sloan fan or any other are there any other sloan fans in columbus out there then joe saw it and he was have to be living in a dorm two dorms down from my dorm (laughs) and so so and 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 so like you know uh, he grew up in northern ohio so he was pretty familiar with sloan Right. Um, because he was also listening to that same radio station that I have already mentioned. And, uh, right. um, and so, yeah, we, we, um, had very similar taste. And, um, so he and I started talking about wanting to form a band together and stuff. And so we, we all actually, me and Joe and, uh, and another friend of ours, Michelle, we, we actually went to see Sloan for the first time in, um, in 97, it was March mm. 11th, which was the day that, uh, one chord came out in the end. Just US. gonna say that's the end for these right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was there was a midnight sale too that that night because I remember going to like a, one of the local record stores and getting the uh, the enclave version, <laughs> the two with the two disc version. Sure. Um, yeah. And then I remember we were on the way up to the Sloan show was up in Pontiac, Michigan at this venue called the Seventh House, and so we were all like giddily, you know, driving in, in Michelle's car. Um, listening to uh, the party album on her little portable CD player, so, you know, <laughs> while, we, while we were driving up to see Sloan for the first so time, good. and so, so yeah, that that was my first Sloan show, and then I saw him shortly after that in, in Detroit at St Andrews Hall. They played with um, mm. uh, Fountains of Wayne, mm-hmm. and nice. and actually, I think Fountains of Wayne I think opened for Sloan during that show because there were so many sloan fans there so i remember it was i felt kind of bad for them because while they were opening it, between every song of theirs like the you know the crowd just was going slow you know like, <laughs> i think like wanting them to get off the stage and, and i remember you telling me yeah that they seemed very upset that night yeah i don't, that, I don't think that they, they were, enjoyed enjoyed that show but, but they were opening for their own opening act yeah. uh, awesome. yeah. and so and then like and so the, the, that was like probably early mid-april of 97 but but yeah. Dave and I actually met, uh, I, the date is April 30th, 1997, because Thrush Hermit played in Columbus, yeah. Ohio. 
Nice. Well, now, so now, Travis, you remind me that I guess I did. Okay, so now I'm having to revise my history somewhat because I did <laughs> know about One Chord before I met you because I bought it at the midnight sale as well. Oh, that's right. I think like, you I said remember, like, we, we may have crossed paths with it. So. Yeah, because I bought. I remember the two things I bought that night. Well, maybe there were more more than these two things, but for sure, I got Blur's self titled record, which came out that same day, and uh, and and One Chord with the party album and everything. So, but. Um, yeah, so th- it was the infamous Thresh Rumor show where we met. I remember they played on the bill with um, Days of the New and Chalk Farm were the two other bands that played on the bill. Thresh Jesus. <laughs> so, and I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Travis, but I had a wooden, um, I don't even know where this thing came from, but it was like a wooden de- carved, like wooden dagger thing. It was a Puerto Rico. had Puerto Rico, Rico yeah. carved into it. <laughs> You gave it to Rob, right? And I brought it and gave it, to, <laughs> presented it to Rob Benby, having never met this person or yeah. have any contact with it. But I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we did all the time. What was his reaction then. to that? He was really stoked about it, and he put, and he wore it throughout the entire show. He like put <laughs> it in his like cool. belt loop nice. and had it. And I think they played Puerto Rico yeah. at that show too, Great just because song. I brought that thing. But um, it was really funny. That was the night that so it was the night that we I first met Travis. It's a nice night I first met Joe. It was the night that Travis and I both first met Mike Nelson because he was, was tour, man- tour managing for <laughs> yeah, Thrash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he was kind of like, you know, already, you know, he was working his way up <laughs> to the big leagues, basically. Um, but yeah, working with Thrash Hermit then. Um, and I think and, just as a funny uh, point of interest, at the time, the, Sloan, the Thrash Hermit guys in 97 would have been driving Sloan's previously used like mini winnebago touring yeah, they, yeah, vehicle yeah, yeah. which i think was nicknamed turbo which i believe was an ironic name uh <laughs> i think at, i think at one point they called it roger as well i think oh, okay uh, i might have the uh, name wrong well they may have switched i feel like I feel like roger came later like i feel like they had okay. like a baby yeah. contest or something for it like oh, other, on their little website that they attempted to create and, and i think that was like the <laughs> that was the winner but uh yeah but uh, yeah but i remember like so we saw them that night and then travis as i'm sure you remember we having only just met each other because did you you went to the other show the night after that right and since yeah 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 so we all drove down to cincinnati together having only just met as if we were like the best of friends Mm -hmm. and you know hung out and saw thresh hermit again the next night and um and yeah i mean that was kind of the beginning of certainly travis and i's like musical and musical relationship and friendship and so travis joe and our friend phil and i um basically like only a few months after that i guess initial meeting right it was probably like in the summer of 97 that we started our band the cusacks so that was the first band that travis and i were in together it was just like very much i would say Thresh Hermit, Super mm. Friends, and Sloan inspired <laughs> Power yeah. Pop yeah. Quartet, who all had, you know, like we each of us wrote songs, each of us contributed. I was the loudmouth, bespectacled <laughs> bass player. Nice. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, we all had our, uh, we all tried to kind of like, or at least I tried to fill that Chris Murphy role in the Cusack. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm in fact right back there is the Kinks T-shirt, Travis, that I yeah. wore it. Like maybe I think our very first 
Uh, uh, pictures of that, that show. show yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, I my King's baseball, come dancing baseball shirt. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, and we covered. I remember we covered an Eric's trip song, right? Or it was it an elevator a, to hell elevator song? To hell uh, why song. I hated August of '93. Right. We, 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 we did that cover that, at our first show. Yeah. J- Joe. Joe sang lead on that on that one. Yeah. For us, yeah. <laughs> but like so. But at the same time that all this is happening too, Travis, I want to make sure you talk about like so you because like you know you had the internet finally at at college, and so you were kind of like you basically had started your own like Sloan internet tribute site in a way right the gs yeah 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 um i was involved i wasn't the only one involved there were several of us that were doing it it was kind of like this yeah like a sloan parody site because i (laughs) i had a i i had made some friends um with a lot of canadians like like through like some of those message boards and so like you know Mm -hmm. we were conversing a lot they were sending me um like cassettes and and VH, VHS cassettes of like much music and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we were we're all just a bunch of like music nerds and uh, and and they were all kind of building like you know like Sloan fan sites at the time. And so I was thinking about like forming like or just like putting together like some kind of little Sloan fan site. Um, um, but what actually inspired me to actually do it was uh, our friend Joe in the Cusacks. He one day sent me an email saying, Hey, did you know that there Sloan had another member of the band, uh, before, before smeared. And I was like, I was like, no, they didn't. I was like, there's the original four. And he said, no, they had this guy named Thad. And, and I was like, what? <laughs> so and he, and he's like, there's a, there's a, there's a picture of Thad on the internet. I can show it to you. And so I was like, yeah, I, I want to see this. And so he sent it to me and all, and all it was, was a picture of Jay Ferguson with a, and he had like used some kind of like bad, like, art program on his computer to draw like a really funny like burt reynolds mustache on him. <laughs> i think it was i think it was microsoft paint yeah so I think it was, and, 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 and uh and and so i was like okay so we, we thought it was pretty funny and so so then we just started like finding like like pictures of sloan and then like just like doing like bad you know art mustaches and facial hair on them and stuff and so then we kind of created like this sloan like parody band where they all look like a bunch of like 70s rockers with porn stashes and stuff and so <laughs> and so then like so that so that's what became this parody site where like me and like several other people would just um do like some pictures then we, we'd post the pictures with some kind of like maybe a little paragraph beneath the photo kind of explaining like the situation that you're seeing in the photograph and <laughs> and it became uh fairly popular with some of the sloan fans like i used to get a lot of a lot of emails from people um that really seemed to enjoy it that was pretty funny and, and they would even like you know make suggestions or or contribute themselves and <laughs> and some of those people i kept i kept i corresponded with for quite some time for mm-hmm. years afterwards mm-hmm. so yeah so that's that great kind of, that sounds that was, like vaguely to... familiar i i yeah. mean i wouldn't have seen that, seen that for like 25 years but that sounds really familiar yeah well who was it travis that like sent you the tapes of all the much music stuff well, there's a friend of mine named chrissy Chrissy up in Canada, up in Toronto. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. She, she would like tape stuff off the radio for me. And, and, but yeah, she basically would like, um, I think it was like episodes of much East. Yeah. Mike, right. is it Mike Campbell. Was that the guy's yep. name? Yeah. So it. she would like basically mm-hmm. tape all of those and send them to me. So like, I, that's why I got to see all those like super friends yeah. videos and local rabbits videos. And cause yeah. I remember you coming over and you brought like the, the chocked full of content VHS uh, and one of the things, it was that show where it was kind of like Chris and Jay were guest hosting or whatever, and local rabbits were like the musical oh. guests where they yeah played that would like have been yeah, yeah 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 I guess it was the wedge right and they played sixty one days yeah and I remember yeah. like 
that was like a very like just that episode of television like was very life-changing for me in a lot of ways because in some ways like my introduction to stereo lab which is still like mm-hmm. especially for heron and crane like a huge influence of ours and also through stereo lab then kind of mm-hmm. went down all these other winding paths of course but it was really like down to that you know like that tape that travis showed me of like that episode of the wedge that you know kind of like turned me on to like all this stuff you know and and again it kind of like um i mean i have to say you know like as as you found us because of jay's recommendation like you know i've discovered so many amazing musical things that have changed my life because of jay uh, in a lot of ways and sloan obviously too and in a lot of ways so i do want um, to interject and say quickly that episode of the wedge is available on the sloan cast podcast YouTube oh, okay. channel, <laughs> uh, and it's it's not to be missed if you uh are interested in seeing andrew this would have been i think the episode is from 97 i want to say um it's mm-hmm. him in interviewing jail and it is yeah. hilarious it oh, is. I remember how I, yeah, that's right. yeah he's yeah, that's just on, like the driest the interviewer yeah. Yeah, just asking them the yeah. most bizarre, bizarre questions. It's amazing. Yeah, it was like it was Eve, I think, and Mike Belitsky, I think, were the That's two right. people that he was interviewing. And and, yeah. right. and, I was th- and I was thinking to myself, yeah, Andrew just needs to do this all the time. Yeah, because oh. he's just he's always very dry. It's yeah. anyway. That's just that's just like whole thing. So yeah, but um, so at this point, yeah, the Cusacks are, are rocking Columbus, and then um, like I finally got to see Sloan the fir- for the first time with Travis and everybody else at um, the main event in Toledo, Ohio. And I think Thrush Hermit opened that show, mm-hmm. as I recall, mm-hmm. Travis, right? They but did, I remember, yeah. so this is kind of the era, you know, this is like where they were at this point in their career. It was like one chord had just come out in America, but they were also writing stuff for Navy Blues at this time. And they were like road testing stuff for Navy Blues at this time. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that show they played a bunch of stuff for off Navy blues and probably some things like out to lunch and, and girl in case and things, you know, that didn't end up on the record. But, um, I just remember thinking at the time, at least I was like, man, they're really like ripping off Thresher. <laughs> or I just felt like they were like very like indebted to them at the time. Cause at the point, at that point I was like, you know, I just didn't think of Sloan as kind of being like the seventies rockers that they sure. obviously were, were to become. And so I just remember thinking, like, oh, it's kind of funny that they're sort of like hopping thrush hermit sound. <laughs> but yeah, just, I mean, you I, know, obviously that was going on all the time and everything. But yeah, ahead, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I, I have my ticket stub for that show. I was just like, like oh, it was cool. right over here. So yeah, oh, yeah what was the date on that one? September eleventh, nineteen ninety seven. Wow. Okay. So nice. yeah, and thrush hermit was also like like playing new stuff. Um, yeah, I, I definitely remember they played violent dreams. For the mm-hmm. uh, yes. uh, live, and um, yeah, that one stuck with me. And I feel like uno- they might may have played uneventful. They played a song that, that by the time you know, I think uh, Clayton Park maybe came out a couple of years almost after that. Yeah. yeah. So, so I remember listening to it, trying to remember like if any of the songs sounded familiar from that main event. I mean, show. I remember Travis. But, we had that. There was that one clip of them performing live on some much music thing that we had on that you had on video, and we like sat on those like little clips for like a really long time wondering dude. when we were going to hear like it Before had like uh, mystery, yeah. had mystery and crime like a little <laughs> yeah. hot second of mystery and crime on there had a hot second of day we hit the coast yeah um, i know that episode it's them it's them playing on a boat with the inbreds i've seen right. yeah. um, <laughs> and i remember actually asking i remember asking joel 
in like 97 or 98 because I'd seen that clip or maybe it was, yeah, it would have been 97 Halloween. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. I could go in depth here. But I remember saying like, what's that song? Like I go to all the parties and I was yeah, just yeah, yeah. asking him about it. And he's like, oh, that's called Mystery and Crime. Like, I'm, yeah, I remember uh, being interested in that song way before. It was, yeah. And for it to anyway. finally come it's, out. Yeah. Like I'm truthfully, truthfully, like you know, all this many years later, but. It's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to Dave uh, right uh, right before we, we 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 started taping this show, and um, I was just kind of looking through some of my memorabilia that I've accumulated over the years, and I came across this letter that I, that I actually got from Joel Plaskett, dated awesome. June June eleventh, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, like like Joel and I used to exchange letters occasionally, like yep. back in the, back in the day. Um, uh, pretty much like after I met him for the first time at that Cusex or the show that Dave and I met for the first time. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, on this letter, I, I'm just was kind of looking over it being amused saying that, uh, um, that they, they've been off recording a new record in Toronto. They're, they've recorded a studio called the gas station and, uh, uh <laughs> um, which is where they, they, they would have been recording, um, um, Clayton park. So it was, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's kind of cool to read about like, you know, they have plans to play in, in LA and do some West, west coast shows <laughs> later in the year and maybe they'll hope to stop in detroit or windsor or something so yeah so i thought that's just kind of a cool thing to, to yeah, i had forgotten awesome. that i even had that so i was also mm. a joel plaskett pen pal in the mid 90s yeah. and uh my one claim nice. to lame was uh that uh they play i think i've maybe mentioned this on the show before but they played a halloween party in 97 at my buddy's house i think they had just like an off night and he was the promoter and they were, mm. he was like, yeah, you can stay at my place. And they're like, well, we've got all our stuff. Why don't we set up in the living room of this house, this like flop house, and we'll just play a show for everybody who shows up. And it was like maybe 30 people in a living room with them. And Cliff was dressed up as Jason. He had a hockey mask. And Joel was Lightning Boy from Crossroads. And uh, Ben V was dressed up as Joel. No, uh <laughs> Ian was dressed up in the Joel, the green outfit with the Joel yeah. belt. Mm, and nice. uh, Rob wasn't dressed up in an outfit. So he just said that he was his drunk dad uh, <laughs> for Halloween. And nice. uh, I, at the end of the show, I've, if again, coming off of, I've said this before, but at the end of the show, people were like, uh, you know, calling out songs and some fucking drunk person was just like ACDC as you do, <laughs> you know, yell out. And, right. and they were like, well, I don't know if we can do that. And I think they started kind of joke beginning playing back in black. And I was like, Hey guys, I'll fucking sing back in black. <laughs> so I got up and sang back in black with them. And then That's from awesome. then on, I was the ACDC guy. Okay. And so really Joel would write me like, Hey, take care of those Australian pipes and or whatever. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's hilarious. That's, yeah. But I, yeah, I mean like it's cool. Yeah. I mean the good, the cool thing about these bands and Sloan, I mean, we can kind of come back to them real fast. Um, <laughs> is that, you know, like we, I remember too, I'm pretty sure that very first show, Travis, like we made no, we hesit- did not hesitate to, to try to speak to them to mm-hmm. Sloan after the show and everything. So, I mean, like that was kind of like, you know, like, quickly sort of like became part of the whole like fan scene or like, you know, became like, I guess, recognizable to them in their eyes and to a certain, to a certain extent and became like that kind of Sloan fan, you know, where yes. we were sort of like in the know and like, you know, you could make eye contact with Chris Murphy and he would know that it was you and recognize yeah. you and like kind of play to you or whatever. I think so, we're I mean, known as psycho fans. Is what yes, exactly. So that all happened really fast. And like, um, you know, we, so we kind of like, I, you know, we all sort of entered into that realm of Sloan fandom nice. kind of simultaneously in some ways, Travis. I mean, you were kind of already, you'd already seen them and stuff, but I don't know if you had already like 
talking. No, I think the first time I interacted with them, I think it was the, was at that at that show with you. Yeah, so because uh, I had those pictures that I, I mean, I you know uh, of me with each of the members from that main event show. It might have been a different main event show, but um, I was already sort of like yeah, all up in their business <laughs> at this point. And 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 speaking of pen pals, actually, so th- there was kind of like this period now starting where. Where at least, you know, I think for all of us, we were kind of entering into this weird sort of like Zelig style, like running into Sloan by accident in some ways, but also not by accident in other ways. So uh, just to kind of say another little offshoot story, our friend Joe, who was in the QVX with us, became pen pals with uh, Laura Borealis, um, you know, and, um, you know, they were kind of riding back and forth for a little while there. And then she actually like invited us i think joe and and my wife renee and i like all just went up there to like hang out with her in toronto and i remembered like while we were up there her band i guess it was the band was called crapo right travis crapo and the crafts crapo and the crafts right so they played a show it was like her greg timoshenko fiona on drums and like we went and like I think my wife ended up like working the door of that show somehow. I don't even remember how this happened. Um, and you know, Andrew came, Chris came, and and uh, I think beforehand we uh, we had asked Laura like, well, if Chris comes, like, do we just let him in? Do we do we like make him pay to get in? And she said, no, yeah, make him pay. <laughs> and so that was really funny. Like my wife had to be like, excuse me, you have to you know pay the. Uh, the full charge she you know and of course he made some funny face or whatever but i mean th- this kind of kept happening well so we were talking earlier travis about like we went to that show where we first saw flashing lights and that think, where I was that it, again i think it was cambridge ontario at some outdoor day festival that yeah. was called rock the mill and uh, <laughs> okay. my band had that played doesn't... earlier in the day yeah oh oh you did so, oh did you play i mean i think we probably saw I mean, we were there for almost the entire show, so we yeah. probably saw your band play around. Well, I remember so wait, was... what band was that? What band was that? We were called before? Crash of the Nowhere. Uh, okay. I could totally forgettable band, but I could send you a picture of what we looked at, like. Okay, jogs of memory. Who cares? But I do recall we played, and we were kind of earlier in the day, and uh, there was a band. Um, God, what are they called? It's. Uh, busting my brain here trying to remember them but anyway i think i know who you're talking about go ahead because i was trying to i don't remember the name of the band but i was also trying to remember this other band of like it'll it'll take i'll get it in just a second here they have a song do you remember who the band that played that other band that we know about that you were kind of like vaguely into the the only other band that i really remember is um they were like all a a a band called jolly bean um, oh, no, the, it wasn't the, them. Yeah, I remember them because my that my friend Chrissy, who I used to correspond with, I think was kind of like their sort of like a manager for them, and so she told me that hey, they're going to be there. You know, you should check them out. And so I, I, because they actually didn't play on the on the outdoor stage. They played in like a little room uh, inside inside some building. Right, but was it Fletcher yeah. Pratt? No, Fletcher Pratt. Uh, the only time I ever saw them, I think, was they played the at the seventh. They opened for Sloan at the seventh house at the very uh, first okay. show. Okay, for that some I reason, them. I thought they played. At but the... I, I, oh, I, I, I run, I, yeah, okay. I run, yeah, yeah. I, I ran into the Fletcher it? Pratt guys quite often at Sloan shows. True, they were, we can edit this too. out, but uh, it was the their band was called the Mellagrove Band, and they were kind of oh yeah, okay. that's, wow. that's okay. who I was thinking of. That's okay. yeah, I was. They were kind of like oh, I don't know that they're really that active now, but as of like. 
two years ago when I did a Sloan tribute at the Horseshoe in Toronto. Those guys mm-hmm. all showed up, and as the Melagrove band, they played a couple mm-hmm. of songs or whatever. But I don't think they're that active these days. But anyway, at yeah. the time, they were still up and coming. I do yeah, remember the, the, the other end of Scott of. again. Right. Yeah, and they, and they were playing. And I remember right before they played, Jay showed up. And yes, the, the yes. DJ, whoever it was, very thoughtfully, and I'm sure not meaning to embarrass him, cranked Money City Maniacs during the like the changeover right. so he's just kind of sitting there and he's talking to somebody he knows or whatever and it's just like bam 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 you know and that song was like fresh you know yes yeah. yes that's true yeah well like okay yeah no it is not like a band i was thinking of because i remember like they were like basically like dudes our age you yeah know? i was like man i'm so jealous that you guys get to kind of like you know like because you know we never even that was the thing it's like try as we might we never actually got to like open for sloan or anything that was like like my dream and we never really achieved it as the Keysacks, unfortunately but you know that's okay we've had our uh, our other interactions with them but but i remember i think the reason that jay was there if i recall this correctly is that his girlfriend linda was also playing in a band that day that's right as i recall and yeah. so that's why at least he was there and i'm not even sure that he was even there anymore when flashing light by the time of flashing light yeah played. i don't remember if he was still there because <laughs> i remember when we talked to him it was like daylight outside it was still yes. i think like maybe at mid-afternoon or something yeah um, that's so funny but that i'm sure we saw your band rob I that's mean, great yeah, very, I love it. very my cool. my copy of the flashing lights where the changes has matt murphy's autograph it says rock the mill brother uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> that's really funny yeah that is and that's the night i think that i bought that cd because yeah. i hadn't really heard any of the any of that stuff yet um yeah, I, I was I remember, also thinking oh go ahead Travis. no i was gonna say I'll, i think i remember he and i were nerdily talking about um Richard Davies and Cardinal oh, yeah. or something. I think, I think yeah. like early, like like, when I, like earlier before, uh, before they played. Uh-huh. I think that's like the one memory I, I have about that. You're talking day. to Matt Murphy about yeah, Richard yeah. Davies. Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. So, but like by that point, so that's a little bit later on because I remember. So you know, the Cusack started '97. We were all like hardcore Sloan fans, obviously. I remember when Navy Blues came out in Canada. We all drove. We like skipped school basically to drive to Windsor. <laughs> to go to a mall in Windsor to an HMV store and buy that and the and our respective chart magazines. <laughs> okay. That we I think we each bought one mm-hmm. with our favorite member on it. Whose time, cover did you get? So at the time, and I'm I'm not embarrassed to admit this, but I will admit it anyway. I mean I'm only slightly embarrassed. I got the Patrick cover. <laughs> Nothing wrong. Because at that. the time Patrick was my dude. Yeah. I mean obviously, you know, there's there's, you know, uh ebbs and flows and everything currents uh, sure. to any Sloan fandom. Um, but yeah, I mean, cause certainly like one chord Patrick, even like the twice removed songs I'm worried now is like probably my favorite song on twice removed uh, at the time. And so, yeah, Patrick was my dude. I think I can't remember Travis. Whose cover did you get? Do you remember? I have Jay's. Oh, okay. Oh, no, nice. I feel like I've, I've, I've pretty much been a Jay guy from, from, yeah. From from the beginning, I eventually like came. Yeah, I eventually came around to Jay, but you were definitely like already hardcore. Yeah. I think between Jay the four of us, we would have like the covers of each guy and be like the biggest fan of those guys. Probably, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, and I can't remember if the local rabbit's basic concept album it did. Yeah, came out I, that same day. I don't know if it came out the same day, but we definitely, I definitely bought a copy of it because I remember we listened to it after we listened to Navy Blues on the way mm-hmm, home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I remember that too. Yeah, nice. yeah. So, yeah. So it was so, all just sort of like, yeah, like kind of all wrapped up into into that kind of thing. I will say, Dave, like we, even though we never got to open up for Sloan mm-hmm. as a band, like you and I at least had the opportunity at one one time to to perform 
<laughs> with, with, with Sloan on stage. So I've had a couple opportunities, have, but we can the, talk the, about the, the first joint one. opportunity first. Yeah, I want to just introduce this idea because obviously I was checking out the band after Jay recommended it. I'm like listening to the tunes. I'm like, I love this album. Mm-hmm. And then I'm following you guys on Instagram and I can't remember what the situation was, but uh, I don't know if one of the Sloan guys commented on it or the, like, it just came up in the scroll on Instagram mm-hmm. as, as Andrew refers to it, the death scroll. Right. And, uh, <laughs> And I was just like, whoa, who are these? And you guys had posted some old photo of you on stage with them. And I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. So not only are these guys a rad band, they're like a legit old school you know, fan <laughs> action going on here. So yeah, please tell us about this. I mean, if, if, well, we'll probably share the photos when this episode comes out. But yeah, some great uh, shots see. of you guys on there on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah what, was, Travis has the stub, I think. Yes, yeah, I have the stub still. It was from a, It was in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm. Um, and the venue was called Peabody's Down Under. That's right. And the date was February 18th, 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So, yeah. So they were basically, I guess, still touring Navy Blues at that point. Maybe playing some stuff off of Between the Bridges, possibly. Yep. It, although maybe not. I don't know. That might have still been a little early. But, um, but yeah. So we had actually run into Jay in like a restaurant before the show. Do you remember that, Travis? He was reading some rock biography. That's all I really remember. I feel like we like went to like a Max and Irma's or something. And I, and I, cause I feel like I know Jay was there and I think Chris eventually showed up too. Yeah. And they were yeah. like sitting at the table across from us and we were kind of mm-hmm. giving them a hard time about playing the same set list over and over again. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we were just like, like, cause we wanted to hear the deepest cuts yeah. available. basically. Yeah, yeah. And so we said to Jay, like, man, you got to play pretty voice at this show. You got like, why don't you ever play Pretty Voice? And Jay's like, well, I'll play it if you guys get up on stage and sing it or whatever. <laughs> and so we were like, well, hell yeah, we'll do that if you if you are inviting. It's kind of like you, Rob, singing ACDC. We were like, we will without question get up on stage and sing and That's sing awesome. Pretty Voice with you guys. So um, I remember this is kind of like also the beginning of like the Chris and Dave, Chris Murphy, Dave Gibson, like weird. I don't know. There, I have more stories to tell along these same lines. But I remember the, one of the first things that Chris did when we got on stage, Travis, was like he pretended that I was his son. Do you remember this? <laughs> no, I, I, and he like I, 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 and he like licked his his finger like with spit to like rub something off my face. You know, like uh, he was like acting like my you know like my doting dad or whatever. Uh, and that was hilarious. That's uh, great. And then we um, yeah. So hang then, so hang on a second. So is this like the encore? Like how did how did they yeah. introduce you? Yeah, it was, it was the encore. encore yeah. yeah, so yeah, I think it might have been the either the last song. They might have played like "Underwhelmed" after they were right, right. pretty. Well send the people home happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, you don't want to send them home after these two ding dongs get on stage. <laughs> and basically, and basically, as you may recall, Travis botch. Uh, this thing, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can. What, what's your recollection of our? I just of remember our it was messier than what it, what it, what it, what it was supposed to sound like in my head. Like I was like, oh, we'll go up there and just crank out the vocals, no problem. And then once I was up there, I think we just all the adrenaline going, you know, like the excitement. I was just like, how's the song go again? And, like, <laughs> and I remember like looking over at Patrick at one point, and Patrick just had this look in his face, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know, like, like, because I think they were actually, I think before they went into the song, like, like trying to tell each other like remember words yeah Yeah. and stuff and and, (laughs) and i feel like andrew just looked like he was unamused Um, but but, uh but jay jay seemed to be smiling so but i remember also looking out into the crowd and the crowd was like most of them looked like they had no idea what was happening like i don't think they like a lot of them probably didn't know the song you know and and, like because i I don't think they introduced us 
necessarily. They just said, like said, come up on stage. You know, I think they yeah. motioned for us to come up that's on great. stage and we're like, Oh, we're, yeah. we're actually going to do this. Okay. It's cause I, because <laughs> that, I do remember at one point after the, after the show, I was talking to Jay and some, um, some person came up to us and thought that I was a member of, I think, it, I think the band was like treble charger or something. Oh, funny. <laughs> And there they are again. <laughs> and, 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 and Everybody, I, get, take your, do your shot. Yeah, the travel charger has come up. In yeah, yeah. And so, so like, a, you know, and I, I don't, I had heard of them, but I didn't really know anything about them. But, I, but someone thought I was like a member of their band, and, and yeah, maybe right. I will maybe... say, having seen photos at the time, I would have thought maybe Bill Prydle's brother. Hmm, okay. So, anyway. so, so anyway, like I, I kind of looked over at Jay, and Jay kind of smiled at me, you know, and and. and and so I just kind of went along with it, and I think they had me sign something, and I just like scribbled. <laughs> oh, dude, that's awesome! That's so, really so, yeah, a like, faux treble charger autograph is hanging around out there. Somewhere. I mean, yeah, it's worth got to be worth yeah. something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that was a really that was, and so that was kind of like you know it had cemented our like you know I think our crazy fandom at that point, and then there was Amazing. no there was no turning back. Basically, so I, I want to share one more really quick story though that that oh, predates sure. all of this because it goes back to the. Uh, Sloan Thrush Hermit show at the main event in Toledo when um, Dave actually got on got up on Ian McGettigan's shoulders and Ian <laughs> carried him around the venue. Do you remember that? Oh, man, I barely remember that, but yes, I guess it was. I, I think do. it was wow. during like, the, whatever whatever the last song it was that they played. Like I think like like, like you know Patriot he, like, maybe. Yeah, like yeah, like, da- like, da- like Dave was like Dave like super energetic at shows, especially back then. Like he would uh, <laughs> jump up and down. Like 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 the, you, you you would notice him from the stage easily. Yeah, and, yeah, and, sure. and you for know sure. we'd already like interacted with those guys at several shows prior to that, so like they knew who we were at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I think, they also like, closed shows with jailhouse rock back in the day sung by so then, ian which i'll say that as well so yeah i think yeah. this was patriot probably okay. if I had so, to guess. but yeah i just remember at yeah. one point like ian like like i think i don't know if you got up on stage or if ian came down from the stage but at one point ian hoisted dave up onto his shoulders and just like <laughs> ran around the club you know? <laughs> i mean i i like i think again like adrenaline or whatever like i think i was just like high on life or something yeah. so like i don't even like really remember all of those details but i mean yeah it sounds right <laughs> i mean this i like awesome. yeah i'm definitely the, i'm definitely the kind of sloan fan as travis can attest and this like lasted basically until i don't know i was like in my late 30s that i would just like go completely like batshit crazy like the whole time and i had a guy one time i went to see them in dc i think on the never hear the end of it tour and this is the only time that somebody actually like kind of like came over to me and said man i really appreciate your enthusiasm (laughs) but could you please like stop freaking out screaming like screaming every lyric and i was like no <laughs> like come Dude. on man like this is the greatest rock band of oh. all time we um, all how, gotta meet up gotta... at a sloan show sometimes yeah. <laughs> it sounds like me i love I mean, it Kinder and to Spirits. the point that i think yeah like recently or like i don't know probably like three like the three shows ago or something patrick i ran into him afterwards and he was like you didn't seem very enthusiastic tonight or something. Like, <laughs> i think he could like notice that i that i'm aging and i'm and no longer able to, to freak out for hours at a time but um <laughs> but yeah awesome. but like i was just thinking like that that is a good memory Travis. but like other like i was thinking about those other kind of chris murphy interactions that i've had throughout the years one of them and i think remember, you might remember this travis it was at the garage shop in cleveland and they were playing snowsuit sound and i basically like did the hand clasp but on like chris's butt do you remember that i, uh, I remember that. I, I i i can't unsee that dave I, 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 <laughs> and yeah. then and then i saw them and this is like a very wild story i saw them in um 
it was I had moved to California like in, in after I graduated Ohio State for a brief period in 1999. So when I saw them on the Between the Bridges tour, it was in San Francisco, and uh, Phantom Planet was opening for them at that show, and oh, Jason Schwartzman was still on drums and everything. And in fact, Jason Schwartzman played drums on Good and Everyone for the encore, and oh, it was killer. pretty pretty incredible. Um, but uh, I, I I can't remember now what song they were playing. It might have been Coax Me. But I remember at one point during the show, because I was I was the Chris stage Chris guy yep. at this point in my yep. life. Now I'm a stage J, J guy for obvious reasons. <laughs> but uh, I remember like Chris, like he was kind of he started sort of like seductively crawling around. So I guess he wasn't really playing bass or whatever at this point in the song. So it must have been some kind of like breakdown section or something. Kind of seductively crawling around, crawling toward me. With like this kind of like shit eating grin on his face, singing somehow too. I guess he had the mic, and like then just like fully planted a kiss on my lips at this show, and just like cracked up about it. But I was just like, you know, like there are very few men I've kissed on the lips in my time, but I'm happy to to say that Chris Murphy is one of them. <laughs> well, if and you're then, gonna kiss a dude, I mean, you know. And then I, this is funny, and I hope Chris hears this. Chris, please, if you're listening, I want to like, I want to like, I I can almost pinpoint the moment where, where things got a little rocky for us. (laughs) So that was our sort of like honeymoon period that I was, and and apologies to you, Rob, for the story I'm about to tell, because I know how you feel about this particular song. Okay. But um, this is an important Sloan show for me. It was the night before Renee and I flew to California from Ohio to get married. I can't remember Travis if you were at that show. It was like I, in the I, brewery I, district. Yeah, no, that was that's one I regretfully was not at. Yeah. yeah so it was the pretty together show that I saw yeah. basically. Oh awesome. And um I remember um so <laughs> they were pl- picking up and dialing. They ahead. were playing picking up and dialing. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go with picking Let's up and dialing. And so, by the way, if Murph has made it this far into the episode, kudos yeah, to you, buddy. Exactly. I'm proud of you, Murph, for, for listening to our ramblings. Um, but uh, so they, they're playing Pick It Up and Dial It, needless to say. Uh, I had certain feelings about the song at the time. <laughs> but, you know, I will say this, too, before I get into this story, that, you know, the worst Sloan song, and not saying that Pick It Up and Dial It is the worst Sloan song, um, but, you know, it's still better than, you know, 99% of there it the, is. the oh, music absolutely. out there yeah. in the world. Yeah. So anyway, but he's playing the Pick It Up and Dial It. And, you know, I was nervous. I was flying to California the next day to get married. You know, I was feeling a little uh, out of sorts anyway. <laughs> but he's, he does the, uh, you know... You know, they say rock and roll is dead or whatever you tell me if it's true and kind of looked over at me to like answer in the affirmative <laughs> that or to, to say that. No, sorry, to answer to say it wasn't true. Right. And I instead said, yes, it is true. And this song is evidence of that. What the fuck? <laughs> That's what I said to him. And he just said, like, what the fuck did you just say? Basically what you said, Rob. What the <laughs> fuck did you say? What the fuck did you say? And from the stage. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just kidding around, man. But, you know, at the time. And then it was just kind of like never the same after that. So, Murph, I'm sorry I said that, that rock and roll is dead. Um, I obviously don't believe that, and you know it, and you know, so, um, but I just thought, yeah, that was like another funny Dave and Chris <laughs> interaction anecdote to tell. That's insane. But, um, <laughs> and so after that, maybe that's, maybe after that time is when I was like, well, maybe I, you know, maybe now Jay is, uh, is the one that I should align myself with. <laughs> so, so you're, since, 
you're single-handed the responsible not just for Pretty Voice never being played live again, but also for the demise of Pick It Up and Violet. Um, it's very possible. It's very possible. Um, but yeah, so, and then like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that could be true. Um, but then it's funny. So then like shortly after that, Travis, as you recall, like, so Renee and I got married. We moved to LA because I went to school out there. And again, this Zelig style kind of like running into Sloan, but not expecting to thing was going on. So Jay, or, uh, Joel played a show at Silver Lake Lounge. Joel Plaskett played like a solo show at Silver Lake Lounge when we were living out there. And we went to see him, as you would expect us to. And uh, we're just standing there. You know, it's a super tiny bar club uh, venue. You know, I think I only went there. I think the two times I went there was to see Joel and then to see Spooky Ruben play too wow. so it was like i only went to see exclusively to see canadians there apparently but um so we're standing there in the bar and like i kind of just like turn around and look as some people are coming in the door and it's literally the entire band of sloan walking into this bar and i was like what the hell like why are you even here and what i didn't realize of course at the time was that they were in la recording action packed right that's so awesome. because this was 2003 two, maybe early 2003 mm. probably 2002 though um, and so, yeah, so there they were, I guess, 2003. Um, and, uh, kind of like, you know, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> and, you know, had a, had a long discussion with them just kind of about like, you know, that they were recording their record with, who was it that produced that record? Tom Rothrock. Tom Rothrock. Right. So I remember this funny anecdote that Chris told me about Tom Rothrock or recording the, the record at his house, because apparently Tom Rothrock lived next door to this guy who was like a vocal coach. And Tom right. Rothrock would like, you know, send bands that were recording at his house, like just like as a as a gesture of kindness to his neighbor, would kind of like give the guy business by sending bands over there. <laughs> and Chris told me the story about the guy trying to like kind of coach coach Chris vocally through through give me that, I guess. <laughs> and like he was like saying, you know, like Chris would sing the part and then the vocal coach guy would be like, no, it should be more of something like, give me that, give me that. Or whatever. Like really like emphasizing the give part, which made me laugh really hard. Um, but uh, yeah, just another weird happenstance of kind of like running into them. And then I think, yeah, Action Pack came out. You know, I can mark my, where I am in my life at certain times. And I'm sure Travis, this is the same for you. But like what Sloan record came out when. So yeah, Action Pack kind of came out right before we, we moved back to Ohio from California. And then, um, and then the, probably the worst part of my life was, was right after that, during which point there just weren't any Sloan records at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like basically like there weren't any Sloan records. And then I got, finally got like a job or like, you know, the job that I ultimately was going to like have for a long time, like right when never heard the end of it came out. So mm-hmm. I had like that association too. And of course, that's one of my favorite Sloan records. It just well. felt like ages. I just remember feeling the long wait between 2003 and 2006 for never like three years between yeah. Sloan albums at that point in time was an eternity. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Don't but, <laughs> I was gonna say it's like a caterpillar, you know, like the caterpillar of two thousand three. It's finally, hey, it's finally a butterfly, and they felt like weirdly enough familiar, but like almost like a different band in two thousand six too, in a weird way. Like, yeah, yeah for sure. So, for sure. Dave and, and Travis, is your is your point of reference because you guys are OG fans, and you know we've talked about <laughs> first gen. Rob and myself, first gen. We've talked about Rob and myself coming on the boat, sort of ninety six um ish and that being solidified in in 98 with navy blues 
Does your point of reference remain to this day, your initial impression of the band from the smeared era? Or like, how do you like when a new record comes out? What's your point of reference in the in the band's catalog? Um, well, for me, I think because I really think that like, around this time of meeting Travis and stuff, and like, really, like, that's sort of when, like, my super fandom kicks in. So it's kind of around the same time as you guys. It's really like that sort of like one chord between one chord and Navy Blues era is like when I like fully committed to like Sloan are going to be like one of my favorite bands for the rest of my life. And I don't know yet, Travis, how do you feel about that? I mean, I feel like, I mean, I, they, they were very impactful, like from the very first time I heard them, like was smeared. And I would say like, they were like, I could easily say that they were probably one of my very favorite bands, if not my favorite band all the way up through probably about the time that between the bridges came out. And then I think by that point I started getting into a lot more other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't like as sharply focused on not just Sloan, but, but just all that East coast Canadian stuff in general, like some of the bands were kind of breaking up and moving on. So then I started like listening to more stuff from like elephant six, mm-hmm. you know, stuff, a lot of like, like electronic, material so uh, so my and my tastes were just changing a little bit so i feel like with sloan like i feel like i maybe was also like held like them to like higher standards that i held other bands and so like i like like you know which is a fair you know when you keep producing these great records one after another like there's a point where i'm finally going to come to a record that i don't like as much as the one before it so i, I feel like that kind of happened around like pretty together and action-packed we're just yeah. like, gosh, I don't know if they're like at a downward trajectory. I just, I just don't care for these albums as much as the early ones. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I think that maybe that was kind of good that there was such a long kind of break between action packed and never hear the end of it. Because when never hear the end of it, like when I first learned that it was, they had, they had a new album coming out, I was like, okay, you know, I wasn't super excited about it. But then as I started hearing little snippets of it, like I was like, oh, this actually sounds kind of cool and not what I was expecting. And so it was like a really pleasant surprise because it's now become one of my favorite albums of theirs. Like I think, mm-hmm. like Dave said, and I just loved all these like little little like songs that just kind of blended together. Like the yeah, was, was it thirty tracks that they did, mm-hmm. something like that. And so and since then, like I've just kind of with each album, I just kind of come like not trying to get too caught up in like any like preconceived thoughts about how good is it going to be. You know, I I, I don't like to try to compare them with other albums so much. I just try to let them kind of live on their own a little bit and like you know, appreciate the songs on the records that I really, really like and, and, and be okay with the songs that I'm not super crazy about. So I think it's yeah. now like, I, I think I really admire them for like at this point in their career, putting out like, like, you know, as many albums as they have, that they're still writing quality material after all this time. Cause I just like, I don't think I, too many bands could do that. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And I mean, yeah, I had like a similar experience. I mean, I think, and I think again, it's just like where we were in our, in our lives at the time too and sort of like which sloan album you know was sort of accompanying whichever part of our lives so like you know pretty together kind of came out where around the time that i was like yeah like first had moved in with my wife to be renee and like you know i just like had started like my first kind of real full-time job and just like i just had other things on my mind or whatever and i couldn't you know so again it's like did i not like that record as much because i just wasn't as like rabid as, as like you know like you know a guy in my early 20s freaking out nonstop about like how great music is or was it because you know like just i mean i still love that record and i love you know so many songs on that record and in fact 
the other song that I've performed with them, and this can kind of maybe take us down the the Gooseberry uh, Records oh, road. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other song that I got to go on stage and perform with them, because Travis recorded for the Take It In tribute record on Gooseberry, um, Who You Talking To? And I sang the Chris Bridge on oh, Travis's awesome. version. So somehow they had got wind of that. I don't, I, I'm not sure that I told them that. I think somehow Chris okay. knew or something like that. Because yeah. I remember talking to him. This is, I went to see them at Jam and Java in Vienna, Virginia, nice. uh, which is like, I was living by then. <laughs> um, so, and I guess what, what were they supporting at that point? That might've been like when they were kind of supporting Hit and Run possibly actually. Hmm. Um, Cause I remember they played. Yeah. I think that was like the show where they, that probably sounds about right. Yeah. Where they opened with, you know, take it upon yourself and everything. I'm pretty sure they played midnight mass and everything. Hmm. Um, but I, yeah, somehow it came up that I had like, so Travis had done this version of Who You Talking To that I sang on it. And then Chris, um, once again, just sort of like out of nowhere invited me on the stage. And then they started playing Who You Talking To. And uh, it was funny. I remember like I sang the middle part and, you know, did a much better job singing that than I did Pretty or uh, pretty Voice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, because I had actually had some practice doing it. and then And then I think at the end... Like Chris kind of stepped up to the mic, maybe to do like the like little reprise part of it, you know, like where he's like, uh, but I just like grabbed the mic away from him and did it. And I remember he kind of seemed shocked and, and impressed, I guess. I don't know. I like to think he was impressed at least. You should have kissed um, him. What the hell? I know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I missed the opportunity to plan another or, or wet smack, one on smacked his, his ass again. Yeah, exactly. Or both. Some combination yeah. of the two. Yeah, exactly. For anybody who wants to check this out, the Gooseberry Records uh, bandcamp.com, they've got all of the tribute records there. This one's called Take It In, a tribute to Sloan. And uh, yeah, there it is on there, yeah. Travis Kokus, 32nd track. And then how many of those, yeah, how many of those did you end up doing, Travis, as Gooseberry um, compilations? Because there was one for like Probably every... five or six, seven, I don't know. Like I, I, I did, I think, almost all the ones that I was able to. Like I, sadly, I didn't do the Inbreds one, which was the first tribute, okay. because I wasn't aware of it. Had I known about it, I would definitely would have would have asked to have been right. on that. Because I, I um, but um, I, I found out about those compilations through Laura Borealis. Yeah. She's on a Um, few of them, right? Yeah, she is. And cause she had put out like an EP on gooseberry. I think just, just called Laura and, and through our friend Joe, which we mentioned earlier, um, I had gotten to know her a little bit. I actually met her and she gave me a crap with the craps cassette tape, which, which I, which I I still have and, and, and enjoy listening to from time to time. Um, but um, so I, I know I, I gave her some of my songs and she gave me some of her songs and we, you know, so we kind of kept up a bit of a correspondence for a period of time and I hadn't heard from her in a long time. And so I, I just like um, looked her up on social media and just sent her a little note saying like, Oh, I'm really happy that you have a new record out. I enjoy the EP. Um, how are things going? And she wrote back and um, said like, did you know there's this Thrush Hermit compilation coming out? Cause she knew I was a big Thrush Hermit fan and kind of knew the whole backstory. And, um, she said, I think that you should um, contribute to it. And so she put me in touch with, I think, was it Scott was the guy, I think, the, at Gooseberry Records? Um, um, I think that was his name. Um, so I just reached out to him and, and, and said, I'd like to do, do a song. And he said, sure, go for it. And so um, so I did Patriot, uh, I Thrush Hermit, which I was awesome. recorded at my, my apartment one night. <laughs> um, 
And, uh, and then basically all the other ones after that, like, like he would always like send me a message saying, Hey, you know, we're doing a super friends tribute. You want to do a song? I was like, yep, I want to do stop start, you know? And, and I, <laughs> awesome. so I did, a, so I did a super friends. I did a feeling around for Eric's trip. Um, I did, yeah, the Sloan one, um, did a local rabbits, did 61 days. Mm -hmm. Nice. Let's see that we did plum tree, Scott Pilgrim. That's right. Yeah. And you got Scott Pilgrim on the Plum Tree tribute. Heck yeah, I, I and I, I'm, I'm and playing Dave, on that Dave, one. And, you know, Dave played with that, played on <laughs> on on that one, and, and then uh, three more weeks. Yeah, we did. We did. A, we did a really funny electronic version of a uh, of Elevator, uh, Elevator to Hell's Three More Weeks. Right, and, and then uh, I'm on. Uh, I'm on the Super Friends doing Half Mass, yeah. the hilarious posters, and then I'm on the Local Rabbits one doing Pass It to You. Although mm -hmm. it was pass it to the number U, the letter print style, because nice. I did sort of like a weird electronic-y, funky <laughs> reimagining of pass it to you on there. So yeah, but, so, yeah, great. those were fun. Those were fun but, things. Yeah, to, they were to fun to do, in. and we we actually we recorded a Joel Plaskett cover too. Uh, we did uh, Dave and I recorded Forever in Debt off oh, his nice. uh, first solo record, and because um, I know that there there were plans on putting out a Joel Plaskett tribute, but I don't know if that ever actually came out. I remember yeah. sending sending uh, a copy of it to Scott saying, here, I finished the track, you know, um, looking forward to hearing the the record, but I never really heard anything about that. It's and not listed it was, here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I think that would might've like, like just never, never quite got finished. And at one point Scott actually reached out to me. He wondered if I'd be interested in doing like a, like a whole album of, of just Canadian covers that I had done. Like, like <laughs> oh, the cool. ones, uh, the ones on the compilations, but also like, like adding a few more tracks to uh, make it like a full length. And I was definitely into that idea. It just never, never happened, but I was, yeah. and I was going to do like an inbred song and I want to do a, like something by jail, uh, Zampano. Nice. Um, I feel like there might've been a couple other bands there. Oh, hardship post. So yeah, I, I thought it'd be really cool to kind of like, like, like do as many of the bands from that area as, as I could. And I remember like <laughs> practicing them, but yeah, we just never got, I never got around to recording them and, and I think the label just kind of like fizzled out at one point after that. So, and you're on some of those too, right, Rob? Yeah, is it hot? Yeah, kid? I was in a band called Hot Kid, and we did um, "Why Don't You Stop" on Plum Tree, and we did "August" by Elevator. Yeah, um, that's um, right. which were lots, lots of fun. Yeah, those were right. both recorded just like in a practice space and whatever. Right. Lots of fun. Yeah. But to, and if I did a Plaskett song, it would be "Please Don't Return," which was like a seventies okay. B side, mm -hmm. I think. Clueless Wonder. Anyway, um, so here's here's what I want to know. We've talked about a lot of bands here. Primarily, we're talking, <laughs> we're focusing on Sloan, obviously. Of course. Uh, and for me, like, you know, I saw a lot of bands before Sloan, and I've seen a ton since, and I bought a lot of records before them, and I bought a lot of since. But they've just remained this, like, I don't know, like, not like, uh, uh, what's the, what is it when you're, uh, like a lighthouse, I want to say, you sure, know, sure, in, sure. in the middle of the storm. For mm -hmm. some reason, I can't, it's just like, these guys are the best ever. And so my question to you guys is, what is it about them? You know, cause I can analyze this all day. Um, it's, it's obviously a combination of a bunch of things, but for you guys, what is it that has just made these guys maintain, you know, for us as super fans all these <laughs> years later, you know, cause whereas, whereas there've been bands that I was super passionate about at the time when I got into them and I could care less about now, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, cause I think about this a lot, it's really just like sort of the combination of, multiple songwriters obviously multiple voices and different like points of view and different genres even sometimes within the same band yeah and and then like the whole diy kind of spirit 
behind what they do. I mean, that those are like, and those two things have like been important to me as a musician and as a person, you know, who's, who's, who has collaborated with other people. Um, even on the Heron and Crane stuff, you know, it's like an even split between basically like a trap, five Travis songs, five Dave songs. Hmm. And we just kind of like work on each other's like ideas or whatever. So like, that's nice. something that we've, even with the Cusacks and onward, something that we've we've tried to do yeah that that, that, that kind of that, that sort of democratic style within the band um definitely resonated with 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 dave and i um nice and and pretty much everything that we've been involved in together like we you know we try to give each other like freedom to kind of do what we want to do but, but also like try to complement one another with our differences and in, in our, in our different styles and things like like uh and so i think that's why sloan has always appealed appealed to me is that yeah, I, I just like what Dave said. I love that there's four different songwriters because you know, in some cases, you never know what you're going to get. Um, especially yeah. with, I feel like especially with Andrews, it always seems to be kind of like a wild <laughs> card, uh, which I which I love. Um, yeah. But um, so, and I, and I think just also like they're all musical nerds too, and they all have these have like vast musical backgrounds in terms of like what they grew up listening to, mm-hmm. and so I feel like when it comes to like the their own writing like they just pull in so many different influences mm-hmm. and 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 they write very very smart songs i feel like like their songs are usually very well crafted um to the point where i feel like i always try to break them down and study them like and i just you know like i remember one time jay was telling me about how like how many hours he spent trying to get like the perfect snare drum sound for one of his songs, you know? And so being kind of like a, like a, like a nerd myself, like I, I totally get where that's coming from. And so I think that like seeing like, like their fandom and other bands makes me happy because that's how I feel about them. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean like the same thing, you know, with like, the fact that they basically record themselves and, you know, like I'm just like a really a huge fan of like, of their sound and their mix, you know, on through, you know, even, you know, the most recent stuff they put out. And I remember like, that was something that was really, I was really excited about because when, when, uh, Jay, I guess first heard Heron and Crane's first record, Firesides or whatever he wrote and was very complimentary of the mix of it, which is something that I had been nice. focused a lot of attention and time on with, you know, them kind of in mind in a lot of ways, because like, you know, they're sort of my reference point and for a lot of things. I mean, the thing, the funny thing to me about like Jay being so into the Heron and Crane stuff, I guess in my mind is that like, you know, this is the first in a lot of ways, like I've kind of like, you know, Heron and Crane was in my mind, maybe, I don't know, Travis, if you agree, but I was kind of like, like I'm putting away like power pop for a little while. Like, you know, that kind of was like the music that we had grown up playing and, and basically kind of like focused on, even like when we weren't necessarily playing together, it's kind of like generally what we were going for. It was like sort of like a Sloan, Sloanish kind of power pop melodic thing. Um, and finally with this project, I was just kind of like, well, let's just like maybe focus on some of the other stuff we're into, like, you know, the more kind of folky, more electronic-y kind of, thing and just like see what we can come up in that realm come up with in that realm because it was exciting and different and you know something new and uh and it was the first thing that honestly you know like that because i've i've been sending jay my records you know for basically the last 20 years or whatever and uh and this is the first time that i feel like he's 
he's been as, as enthusiastic about, <laughs> about something that I've made as I am about, about his, so, which, is, which is cool. But I think a lot of it is because I finally sort of like, you know, stopped, uh, stopped aping them and maybe started aping more like the things that I knew that Jay was into that also like I'm into and were influences sure. for him and things like that. So. That's awesome. I mean, what a crazy thing. I mean, like for him to respond and to something like to have like a somebody who's maybe like a musical hero, you know, to respond to somebody you've to respond so positively to something that you've made. Yeah, no, it was crazy, and I'm very excited about it. And you know, like I, uh, I, I mean, I can't remember exactly. I guess it was probably like after Between the Bridges came out when I when I fully joined Team J. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know and i travis you were already team j i get it but you know it took me a little while but um i mean his songs on between the bridges are obviously i mean you guys have talked about this before like yeah three masterpieces and then at the edge of the scene too which is a bonus, <laughs> bonus masterpiece um, <laughs> but uh yeah so he like yeah kind of like quickly at that point in my life you know sort of became at least my favorite member of sloan Sure. And uh, I mean, obviously, I love them all. Come on, you guys. You got to give it up you. for all of them. But I mean, it's, sure... it's nice to have a fave. I mean, I, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Or you, would you guys consider both of yourselves like J guys now as well? Um, <clears throat> yeah, for the most part, right, Travis. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, maybe and I, I feel fans. like, like, like he's been pretty much like consistently. I'd say like my my favorite of the songwriters, like like from mm-hmm. from pretty much close to the very beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I think with Jay, like, like, like he's the one that I usually end up like seeking out at shows and, and chatting with just because like I've gotten to know sure. him better than the other guys. And, sure. and, he, yeah. and, um, and we're into a lot of the same stuff musically. So like, you know, we can, we, we can converse on a lot of stuff that we like and, and, right. uh, <laughs> um, and stuff where like, but I, but I always try to make it a point if I'm able to, I'd like to interact with all the guys when I, when I see them, like, you know, I, I usually end up chatting with Chris at some point cause Chris is very approachable and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and he's very candid. Like I, I like I, I feel, feel like I know I can always get information out of Chris that I won't get out of anyone else. You yes. know, like like mm-hmm. um, um, this is true and stuff. And and I feel like I I yeah, I've had pleasant conversations with Patrick and Andrew, but probably a little bit less so because I mm. uh, feel like Andrew sometimes is hard to pin down a little bit because I feel like uh, I think the best time I ever best conversation I ever had with him was one time he was like they played this little club called Scully's in Columbus on like a mm. Sunday night and they did like an early show. Cause there was like some kind of DJ set happening afterwards. <laughs> and, and I was going out the, and there was like this little patio out back, like this little outdoor patio. And, and he was sitting on the picnic table, smoking a cigarette and he was just there by himself. And so I just like went over and started chatting with him. We ended up talking about the Everly brothers for a long time. I remember <laughs> how, how, how cool that was or whatever. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I so I mean, I, 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 they've all written wonderful, wonderful songs, you know, like, uh, so like I could, you know, it kind of goes album by like usually for each album, it's like, oh, that's like, yeah, yeah between the bridges is J is all J. Or I mean, like, I know, or like, yeah, or like navy blue, <laughs> navy blues. Like I, for me, that's like an Andrew album for me because yeah. I just mm, love the three sure. songs that 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 Andrew put on those records. Like, and then mm-hmm. I think like one chord, you could probably say Patrick, and then smeared mm-hmm. Chris. You know, so you can, yeah. So I was gonna say like I was gonna. I mean, I know you guys do this too, Robin Can. I know that you also sort of like decide who you think maybe like wins a record or, or i <laughs> yeah, feel we, like i've heard you hinting toward that before we started talking about that more recently it, for me it's like i want to be democratic and diplomatic and say like <laughs> i always joke that my favorite song album is all of them yeah, um yeah. so i feel guilty saying that one person wins an album but if if you know if somebody talks about it on here and they want to pin me down i'll, I'll try to get i mean to somebody, but... i was just gonna say like as much as i love jay and i do i do i definitely think there are records 
post my love of my intense love of Jay that other members have won. I mean, I definitely think Chris wins double cross, for example. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, come on. Oh, it's, it's close though. That one's close. It is close. It is yeah. close. I mean, Jay obviously when, in my opinion, wins Commonwealth, yeah. uh, for example, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. other thing, you know, like some, some of them are harder to tell. Like, you know, honestly on 12, I feel like, you know, everybody, I actually really love Patrick's songs on 12, which yeah, you know, was a very pleasant surprise yeah. <laughs> uh, for me as a Sloan fan. Um, you know, cause I was like, Oh cool. But I mean like not even really realizing that some of them, some of the songs had like existed for, for all that, you know, all those many years or whatever. So that was totally. also kind of like a pleasant surprise. But uh, yeah, but you know, it's like, again, like there's something to, to love by all of them on every single one of their records. And, even if there's something that you don't love, it's still a Sloan song and it's still fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's still fun to break down with, you know, with your friend like I do with Travis or whatever, you know. To, so to isn't it funny? Here's something to just run past you guys. It's so funny these days because obviously we have social media and, you know, the world has changed over the past decade whereby, you know, in, in, in a previous life, I want to say in like, mid to late 2000s i didn't live in toronto yet but i would be driving here to play shows all the time or to see different mm -hmm. friends or whatever and knowing that they lived here i would fantasize about well if i just drive up and down spadina enough or if i drive along queen street enough i'm bound to run into one of them I'll, i'm just i'm driving down queen street like am hey, i gonna see andrew on the side of this i'll pull over and say hello um <laughs> but uh so i just wanted to get your take on that like uh, you know obviously you guys they must interact, you know, digitally, I would assume through like mm -hmm. Instagram or something like that. So is that sort of where it's at now? Like, I mean, obviously you sent Jay the record and he loved it and that's awesome. Would you suggest <laughs> that that's kind of where your relationships are at at this point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, um, well, like I was thinking about some other stuff too, like other interactions I've had with, with Jay over the years. Definitely. I mean, he's like the one that I like am most likely to reach out to. Yeah. You know, he's very easy. Too. He's very approachable. Yeah. Yes. Which is very nice of him. And like, well, I was thinking, um, so the label that we put our hair and crane records out on is like a label that my wife and I started called Hibernator Gigs. Nice. And the very first release that we put out on Hibernator Gigs, and I don't know if I have a copy nearby, but it was a best, basically a seven inch. It was like a tribute to Guided by Voices, but it isn't actually like songs by Guided by Voices. It's songs <laughs> in the style of Guided by Voices. <laughs> That's great. So the project started because my friends, so we all like work in libraries. We're all like archive library people. Um, you know, like basically our entire like circle of friends, including like our friend Joe, who is in the Qzex with us, my wife, like, you know, our whole crew basically are like library nerds and indie rock nerds um but uh so my friend who was working in a library he kept coming across all these sort of like almost like gbv-esque like titles of books and magazines and things like that <laughs> so we we amassed this list of like all these really funny potential like fake gbv song titles and then we were like wouldn't it be funny if we kind of like picked like just like sent this list out to like various musician friends of ours and said hey do you want to contribute like a do you want to write a song in the style I got in my voices with one of these song titles and 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 uh, then contribute it to this like compilation? So I actually sent that list to Jay because I was like, I know Jay likes GBV and he'd probably be like somewhat interested in <laughs> in doing this project. So I sent it to him and I was looking back through our correspondence about it. Like he chose a, the, the title Cream of the Jesters <laughs> was the song he was going to write. And he would like basically like 
for a good long while there, it was like, it seemed like he was actually going to be able to do it. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be so sweet. It's like, there's a Sloan song on our very first like Hibernator Gigs compilation release. Like we're in, we're like, you know, we're made for life. Basically, <laughs> if there's like a Jay Sloan song, but unfortunately it didn't work out. I don't think he had time. It was kind of like, it was around the time where they were like ramping up to do, I maybe the first, maybe twice removed box set. It was like okay. they were definitely like in the throes of putting together like the first archive. I guess it was twice removed because it was like the first one, um, and so he just kind of ran out of time. But I do wonder if he ever like laid anything down to tape for Cream of the Jesters, and uh, if he did, Jay, if you're listening, I I gotta know. I gotta know if that's out there somewhere. <laughs> I promise to bring it up because he is at this point the only member that we haven't had on. I mean, it's it blows yeah. my mind that any of them are aware of this podcast, let alone come on. Like it's right, just unreal. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, this episode hopefully will massage the issue <laughs> and, you know, I can chat him up about it based on this. So thank you for that. But yeah, yeah I'll definitely yeah. mention it. Jay's like, well, if Heron and Crane are on there, then geez, like, like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I can't remember if you said it, Rob, or if Ken said it, but it was like, you know, you guys kind of went and like reverse order of who you thought might you you might be able yeah. to easily get on the show and yeah. i definitely agree with that i think we kind of goofed it up and had chris first <laughs> only because he sort of seemed more available uh in, oh, the, right. in the moment because he's actually been i mean he'd been doing tons of solo shows and there's, he's yeah. actually done a whole number of podcasts recently like he was on yes, Conan neutron just recently mm-hmm. um and uh, what else? Uh, yeah, he's been on a bunch of different things. So um, yeah. it kind of felt like a good time to do it. Um, but truthfully, it would have been Jay first. Um, <laughs> but we were also having a one-year anniversary special episode. And I was like, well, we might as well just you know give it up for Murph or whatever. True, so, true. Uh, and what a pleasure to talk to him. But you mentioned yeah. the Twice Removed box set. And I see behind Travis, I think I spy some Sloan box sets up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so my question is, do you guys have any, and I'll kind of wrap it up maybe with this, but do you guys have any sort of memorabilia or things that are Sloan related? Maybe one or two things that, you know, whether it's like an album that you bought at that time that's special because of that moment or like a little photo. I mean, obviously there's some great pictures of you guys on stage with them. Is there any sort of things that you guys have that is like, this is like unique, check this out. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think, I mean, I have like, just a lot of like weird like odds and ends like autographed by them. I remember I used to like just take like weird random things I would find like in a thrift store or whatever. Like I remember I had like this little like pamphlet that was kind of like a self help thing for like teens or something that I bought somewhere that I just like randomly took down and signed. And I'm pretty sure I still have that around. Um, but other than that, like record wise, I mean, like I remember like when I first. When I moved to California in 99 and I started going to somewhat fancier, nicer record stores in San Francisco than the ones I had been going to, they had all the like Japanese imports um, oh, cool. CDs. And so I remember like, yeah, buying the Japanese import CD of uh, definitely of Pretty Together Between the Bridges. Well, you and, moved and... to California just in time for losing California. Perfect. Basically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So like, yeah, so those are kind of like prize possessions. But Travis is like a full on Sloan com- completist. So he oh killer. I mean, he can definitely go down yeah. this, this road in more detail for sure. I mean, I have like, you know, like a lot of uh, photos from the from all the different shows over the years that, I, that I've collected, um, you know, a few set lists and stuff like that that I've collected uh, from the stage. But I think for me, like it's I, I really into like collecting any kind of Sloan release I can get my hands on. And so I was just at curiosity today. I looked on my Discogs um, page and I 
me go back and see like what it says. Like I have, <laughs> I know it's a, it's a crazy amount of stuff. This is nuts. Like when your record collection is so big that you got to refer to a website to check what you have. I mean, yeah, respect, um, full on respect to that. I know it's uh, okay. I have 112 different Sloan items in my Holy collection. Shit. So yeah. So so basically. And I think I've created the catalog records in Discogs for the majority of their promos because most of those promos awesome. are, are, are from my collection. So like I've, I got to say, I, when I look at Discogs, especially albums like Action Packed, I'm so pissed that the artwork is just the front cover. You know, like mm. I keep thinking I got to scan my shit in there to get yeah, those so, legit, you know, <laughs> so images I've been, there. I've spent a lot of time like scanning all the promos. So, so I, I, Dude. I just remember like like this the this the excitement of like finding one that I never thought I'd be able to get my hands on. Like I remember. The, the the one chord to another Canadian murder records promos were like really hard to find. Like the Enclave were easy because mm-hmm. it was released here in the states, and I could find stuff like like even at the local radio stations would get their promotional stuff in. But but like especially lines you amend and the G turns D promos were really hard to come by. Mm. So and I remember the Sugar Tune. I was really excited when I found the Sugar Tune promo. Mm. Um, yeah. So if, I mean it's just like you know like always searching for like these things, and if you whenever I would come across something that I never knew existed before. And then I have a chance to, to get it. Like I, I just have like that rush of excitement. Like, <laughs> totally. like I even have the, the, this, I think it's called like a four by four sampler. Like this. That's right. Tape. The Navy blues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, this is uh, from twice removed. Oh, the, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. There were two of them. Yeah. There was the four by four from twice removed with an actual four by four on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. Like, <laughs> they look like Andrew drawings to me, but it mm. has like, People of the Sky, Pen Pals, I Hate My Generation, and Worried Now are the four songs that are on this oh, cassette. Cool. I think it's nice. like the same songs on both sides, but I remember, you know, I never knew that it was existed, and I just happened to come across it. It was like, I, I must have this. Even though I don't even have a, a working cassette player, I just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I feel like Sloan were, are one of those bands that they, they put out a lot of stuff, but not like, so it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm collecting like every piece of Beatles memorabilia i could possibly right. get my hands on i feel like sloan right. at least is, is somewhat manageable right. it's take, attainable take 139 yes. take 139 of uh <laughs> long and winding road yeah exactly. special super deluxe mega edition <laughs> so yeah so now i'm at that point where i'm trying to like now i'm wondering are there things that are out there that i don't that i don't know exist because like most of the stuff that i know about i have at this point like i think the last big find for me was the try to make it promo they, mm-hmm. they did like a radio promo for for just that song on a cd wow i didn't it, know that it says like try to make it i think it's like radio version or something but it's cool it's on discogs i i, I put it up there if you want to take a look at it so. i will be doing <laughs> so, that as soon as we're done that's great well what? thank you man for putting all that work in i'm definitely somebody who's clicked through and enjoyed a lot of that <laughs> a lot of people write me and ask me if i if i will be willing to sell my stuff to them and i'm like no <laughs> it's, it's not happening. and the email is like cmm 1968 at gmail or whatever yeah, yeah totally yeah <laughs> chris going back trying to get everything I, well i'm holding out for smeared naked still that's what i want <laughs> I, oh, I went to hear the you know the un Phil Spectorized uh, smeared. Or uh, cool. Jay and I, or not Jay, uh, <laughs> Dave and I have like a, also had this inside joke that we started up when we were working at the Ohio State Library together. Was we kept, somehow came up with this idea that Metallica was like were huge fans of Sloan, and they like <laughs> and they and they love Sloan enough that they decided to do like a whole box set of Sloan covers. And so yeah, and yeah. so I, I still think like wouldn't that be awesome if that actually happened? And, and they put out like a like a like a four record box set of Sloan covers. And, and, I think we just had a lot of fun singing Sloan songs in James Hetfield's voice. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we came to that inside joke <laughs> that's great 
Hey! <laughs> yeah, it was just it seemed to lend itself really well to Headfield. Uh, Headfield yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. The idea of him do, of them doing "Come on, come on, we're gonna get it started." It's hilarious to me. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. for sure, for sure. Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that one. Jeez. Oh yeah. Well, Ken, I wanted to say that I was I'm very flattered by um, well, just I guess impressed or excited that you sort of like. Uh, identified the Heron and Crane, you know, like uh, crowd rock influences. So, oh, well, so it's, well I mean, because, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys were trying to hide it, but it's kind of, it's <laughs> we kind definitely of weren't on trying the surface. To hide it. I, yeah. I love it. It's for, so for listeners who, who haven't heard of Heron and Crane, please mosey down to their, to their Spotify or their Bandcamp. Um, there is, I hear a smattering of the first three. Craftwork albums like Craftwork One, Two, and then Ralph mm-hmm. and Florian. Uh, even into Autobahn a little bit, I hear Neu, and I also oh, yeah. hear La Düsseldorf, which is for me like the pinnacle of the <laughs> of the peripheral Craftwork universe. I guess yeah. for me, the interesting bit is that how, if at all, does Sloan factor into this equation? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about that. I mean, basically okay. just, okay, cool. um, I mean, not really, but I mean, you know, like essentially it's just sort of like, you know, everything that certainly that Jay has ever kind of like talked about or enthused about and certainly like Stereolab. I mean, Stereolab was sort of like my entry point to a lot of that stuff. Right, for, you mentioned that, know, yeah. For example. So, yeah, I guess that's sort of where that like Venn diagram. Right. And, you know, like I think, I think. You know, there's certainly some crowd crowdy moments in in the Sloan catalog. I think "Taking Care of the Poor Boy" gets pretty close. Everyone, you know, yeah. uh, it yeah. certainly gets close to Stereo Lab because I know that was like that was looming large in Jay's mind yeah. when he wrote that wrote that song. So, well, uh, here Andrew's favorite band on the 1999 Between the Bridges Universal uh, promo baseball card is listed as being Can. Oh yeah, that's right. So that that would I guess be sort of the the epicenter <laughs> yeah. of of that yeah totally and uh you know like and jay also like i think when he when he played us on his um on his k-piss show he like immediately like identified like the michael rotter uh you know influence on Mm. our on our music so yeah he he also was was uh, uh, as you would expect adept at identifying what we were (laughs) for sure (laughs) well i think for dave and i it was just like also just an opportunity because we'd already we'd been talking about doing this project for a long time now and I think it's just because like a lot of the stuff that we had, a lot of the bands we've been in either together or separate from one another have been in the power pop mode and, mm-hmm. and, and there's more of an obvious Sloan influence. And I think we also wanted to like do something that showed like a lot of our other influences yeah. That, yeah. that that weren't necessarily like Canadian rock oriented. Right. And, 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 <laughs> and I think it also just gave us a chance to play some other style of music that we haven't really done before. And it was yeah. just kind of, there's something it, exciting about that. Totally. And it lends itself to the fact that we basically like do it all remotely and, you know, mm-hmm. don't even live in the same state anymore. Right. And so kind of have to, you know, it's sort of like it's a little bit more insular and less, you know, you know, crazy with a lot of drums and all that kind of thing. You know, it's just more of our sort of like we can kind of get in our headphone right. space and kind of create these like little instrumental theme songs essentially yeah <laughs> so it's been fun for sure 
Well, I got to say, Ken and I are both fans, man. And this has been a pleasure getting to chat with you guys. Just to wrap it up, to, to kind of uh, wrap tie a bow on this episode, okay. it would be awesome to maybe chat with you guys again if we can sort of focus in on maybe another period in the band's career and an album or something and just kind of fan out about that because uh, I love these opportunities to just talk with other fellow fans and just, you know, we kind of went deep here. I love that you guys were at Rock the Mill, man, in 98. That's so crazy. <laughs> that blows my mind. <laughs> For anybody for sure. listening, you know, uh, it, it is definitely uh, important for you to go check out Heron Ampersand Crane. Uh, it's on s- streaming. I've been listening to it on Apple, and they're Heron and Crane Band on Instagram. So give them a follow there. Check these dudes out because they're awesome, and they are fellow Sloan fans. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do this again, guys. This has been a pleasure. Dave, Travis, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks yeah, for having us. Yeah, appreciate it. Awesome, man. Okay, I'll wrap it up just by quickly saying follow the guys, obviously, on uh, social media. Uh, Chris has got some tons of shows coming up. The guys are actually playing shows in a, in a, in a little bit. Uh, Jay's on there with his, like uh, Dave said, K-Piss uh, playlists. And I still can't figure out if that K-Piss thing, like, are they are they aware that Piss is in the name of the radio station? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do they, that, is that mentioned? It's, okay. It's, it's kind of the basis of the... <laughs> brand right yeah okay because i was just like kpiss how unfortunate um but uh (laughs) but yeah patrick's got his patreon which if you haven't checked out recently he's been posting videos of the guys rehearsing for their shows coming up amazing uh and andrew's obviously selling his incredible artwork on his instagram as well so check those dudes out we'll check you next time on uh sloancast thank you so much for checking us out and listen to and you got to check out heron and crane they're amazing thanks again guys (laughs) for uh, joining us on sloancast we'll see you next time